This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to A Game of Two Halves, a sports podcast by The Straits Times. I'm Shamir Osman and joining me today in the studio is my colleague from the sports desk, Nicole Chia. We're going to be chatting about Singapore's bid for the ATP finals and Singapore Premier League clubs having to share stadiums with each other. We're going to dive right into it today. Singapore is hosting, well, Singapore is looking to bid for the ATP finals to host it from 2021. Does Singapore deserve this? Is this good for Singapore, Nicole? Yes, of course it's good for Singapore because first of all, audiences need to know what world-class sport looks like and not just from watching on television. So from the WTA finals that was held here for the last five years, there was a kid who was part of the SE Global's Tennis for Every Child program and he was serving underhand the past two years until he watched his first WTA finals match and saw how the pros really did it and that's how he learned how to serve overhand. And on that note, you know, kids need to be able to see their heroes up close, not just watch them from afar or on a wall then when they meet them up close and then they know that they're human as well and they can be like, oh, I can be like him or her. I quite like that bit about it because, you know, when I was a kid growing up, you watch, say, the likes of, say, Robbie Fowler and you think, wow, Fowler can do that but I will never be able to get to that level because, you know, I'm not Fowler. Fowler is a different being from a different world, right? Maradona even from that time. Yes, and if you remember how Joseph Schooling met Michael Phelps in 2008 and what that led to, I think that's a very good point to make. Well, that's a sensational story, really. A boy from Singapore meeting a world-class athlete and then going on to beat that athlete. Doesn't get better than that, right? Yes, and you know, for the WTA finals as well, our own tennis players have served as hitting partners. This year alone, for example, Shahid Alam, I think he managed to hit with Karolina Pliskova and Kristina Mladenovic, the doubles player. Well, that's from an aspirational point of view for athletes and well as for kids. But do we need, as a country, do we need a marquee event? Yes, I think we do need a marquee event so that people have, first of all, something to look forward to. And it gets people excited and coming, you know, you create an atmosphere that, you know, makes more people want to come down to the stadium and watch instead of just sitting at home and seeing it on TV. I don't we have a problem with that, though, that Singaporean fans generally just kind of want to follow celebrities, follow big names as opposed to want to come down and watch sport? Mm, well, yes, that's a fair point. But I think also what fans really want to see is how much the players themselves want it. Because bear in mind, these events are not exhibitions. There's so much at stake, prize money, ranking points. So when people see Elena Svitolina fighting so hard, you know, screaming after every point she's won or lost, I think that really gets them behind her and they kind of want to follow her progress throughout the tournament. Well, the magic of being in the arena, right? You can yes. feel the electricity in the air. Well, speaking of electricity in the air, London has hosted the event to great acclaim. Shouldn't the ATP want to keep it there? Well, change is good. And but it's been a massive hit. No, I mean, people keep wanting to go back. But, well, money has been a bit of an issue. Everyone expects a big bid from China and all that. But what does Singapore need to do to make it special, to make us unique and make them want to come here? We need to market it well and come up with side initiatives like what the WTA has done to get people interested in tennis, first of all. So one thing I think the WTA finals being held here has done well is the Tennis for Every Child program. So what they do is they aim to at least let kids experience tennis. So it means letting them hold a racket. It doesn't have to be in a full court, just the experience of hitting the ball. So in that way, you know, there's more exposure and kids know what tennis is and it makes them curious about how it's really played by the professionals. Well, the WTA also had the Rising Stars bit that saw Naomi Osaka win it in the first year. And then in the last year that we hosted it, she came 
back to play in the main draw of the final eight. That's quite special, wouldn't you say? Yeah, of course. And Monica Puig, who won the first edition in 2014 of the WTA Rising Stars, she won the Olympic gold in Rio in 2016. So would something like that encourage the ATP guys to come here? That, you know, we conduct a bit of a youth development program, if you could call it that, or a platform to showcase the younger players on the tour? Yes, I think it will work, but there's also the ATP next-gen finals now in Milan at the same time. So maybe if we did have a similar element of youth development, you know, it could be lower tier than the next-gen finals. Well, would you want the ATP to come to Singapore? Would you want? Yes, of course. And come on, share with us why. I like tennis. I like watching tennis no matter oh, who's I'm playing. Sure. I'm sure. Well, Nicole's a big of a fan of Rafael Nadal and, and I'm certain like her, several Singaporeans will also want to see him and the likes of Federer and Djokovic if the two are still on tour at that time. Yeah. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of A Game of Two Halves, do subscribe to us on Apple Podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even Spotify. Do like it and give us a rating. Now back to our show, we're moving on to the second half where we will be chatting about the Singapore Premier League and how clubs are moving on to share stadiums in the 2019 season. So the plan is really quite simple. It looks like this. Instead of having their own stadium, clubs are going to share with another club. For example, at our Tampines hub, Geelang International will be sharing with Tampines Rovers. At the Jalan Besar Stadium, Haugang United will share with Young Lions. And at Bishan Stadium, we will have Ballastia Khalsa sharing with Home United. And out west at the Jurong East Stadium, we have Alberex Negata and Warriors FC. So part of the thinking behind this is to free up more land and more sporting facilities for Singaporeans. And the clubs kind of just have to make do with what they've got. Now, Nicole, some fans have spoken up against this plan, saying that, you know what, it will erode the club's identity, erode on its history if they move and play at a different stadium. Is that something you agree with? Um, not really, because I, I mean, I know teams have been associated with their home clubs, you know, like Manchester United, Old Trafford, Liverpool and Anfield, but in Singapore, it's first of all such a small country and you don't really have to travel to, say, somewhere as far as Kuala Lumpur to watch your team play. So maybe the maximum travelling time is one hour, one and a half hours. And to be honest, there are Singaporeans who have never lived in Manchester who still support Manchester United. And I mean, tattoos if, on their chest and all that. Yeah, I mean, if you scroll through Facebook on game night, you can see them saying things like, you know, what a good win for us tonight. And we're playing horribly. And, you know, the fact that they include themselves in the conversation, we it already shows that it doesn't really matter where the club's base is. So it is about the kind of loyalty you can inspire in its fans, I guess. And unfortunately for us in the Singapore Premier League, that's not really a very strong point. I mean, besides groups of ultras that you've got. But having a stadium nearby your place, would that be something you would come to? I guess it would. But now, if a club moves to a nicer stadium, say our Tampines Hub, for instance, you've got better facilities. That must be better for everyone. Well, that helps because I've spoken to fans who live near, say, Haugang Stadium, for example. So one of the fans I spoke to, he lives near Haugang. So he's been coming to watch Haugang for years. Then he had a kid and his kid really likes, you know, taking the trains and the buses all around Singapore. So because of that, they've gone to Jurong to watch LB Rex and they've also gone to our Tampines Hub to watch other teams play as well. Now, some of the clubs have raised issues like the possibility of having another ground as a training venue and training venues for their youth teams and their women's teams. Well, these are issues that I've been told that are being ironed out right now. So I guess we'll leave them to that. But the idea of releasing more sports facilities for the Singapore public, that is a good thing, no? Yeah, definitely it's a good thing because in Singapore, you always want to have more facilities for people to take part in. I mean, look at the tracks. Kalang practice track on a weeknight is so crowded. I once saw Shanti Pereira training there and, you know, she was practicing her sprints. 
So a man who didn't know that she was training or, or something, I don't know, he just walked right past and her coach had to shout at him to say, hey, move away. But well, there's a, a big move to get a lot of younger Singaporeans getting involved in sports and just taking part in a bit of a healthy lifestyle sort of a thing. And well, one example of how they can use stadiums in a different way is I think Jurong West Stadium. Gomba United used to play there. Then They're no more in the Singapore Premier League. And now what's been done is there's a construction of a cycling track on the outer perimeter of that running track. Have you seen it in use yet? I haven't seen it in real life, but I do know that that's where the Singapore Cycling Federation's new track cycling academy is going to be. They just opened a mountain bike and cross-country academy earlier last month. And I hear that that track, the one at Jurong West Stadium, can be used by rollerbladers, I don't know, skateboarders. I'm not into roller sports. but oh, I didn't know that, but that's good. It means, you know, more usage of the track. That is correct. And that is, I guess, the long-term idea to free up sports facilities in Singapore. Now, some of the clubs in the SPL have said that they're going to try and work their way around this sharing of stadium, you know, the logistical issues behind it. And one of them actually said, you know what, now that we're sharing a stadium with the other club, Geelang International and Tampanese, they're going to try to get joint sponsors to come in for both clubs. Now, is that something that makes sense to you at this point? Um, not really, because wouldn't there be a conflict then if the same sponsor is, you know, has ties with two different clubs? What oh, do you think? Oh, no, not at all. If Joseph Schooling gets a sponsor with Hugo Boss, I mean, if I stood next to him, I should get the sponsorship too. I think that makes a little bit of sense, <laughs> actually. But I mean, it, it, is a, it is a bit of a strange thing, but well, stranger things have happened and I wonder if they could actually work something out. That would be interesting to it see. Would, it would be interesting to yeah. see, but like, one of the problems at our Tampanese Hub is this. As it stands today, it's plastered across the wall of the football stadium of the Tampanese Hub. It says, Home of Tampanese Rovers. In big yellow sign with black letters. And obviously, that's something they're going to have to come to terms with to, to make, you know, for pro sure, yeah. provisions for the mm -hmm. green and white of Geelang International. But hey, maybe if they can get joint sponsors, they can put Home of Tampanese Rovers and Geelang International. I think Geelang International fans will enjoy coming to Tampines to watch it actually because it's a nice stadium, there's food nearby. I don't think if, you know, Tampines play Geelang at our Tampines hub, the fans are going to be all, I'm not going to eat anything from here because it's not our home ground. So yeah. No, I've had a chat with some of the fans and they're actually quite looking forward to it in the sense that, look, if you've got a game on a Saturday, you can bring your kids to have a swim in the pool at Tampines hub, you know, in the late morning, saunter down to the hawker centre, grab a bite there. And they've got a stage and an open promenade type area. Well, you know, taking a bit of a show. And a nice roof. It is. And uh, well, the roof has a garden. It's a bit of a running track. Yeah. And the Tampanese Hub is actually a sensational facility. It really is. Well, the Tampanese people have come on board. It's always packed. Tampanese Hub is always packed. And that's something that I think the clubs will need to capitalise on. Yeah, and you know they also have sailing intro sessions at the pool. So th there's never a lack of activities at our Tampanese Hub. Wait, wait, wait. How does that work? Sailing in a pool? Yeah. So it's, it's an introductory program for people who are interested in sailing, you know, so they just try it at the pool. And I think our Tampanese Hub is also home to water polo lessons. So basically, kids who are interested to learn about more sports can just pay a visit to the pool. This is the bit, I think, of Tampanese Hub that I really quite like and how it fits into the whole greater thinking of having a shared sports facility, a multi-sports facility that can be used by pro clubs as well as the average guy on the street. I mean, think about that. Yeah, the Geelang fan goes there, throws his kid in the pool, hop on a sailboat, have a try with that stuff, come down, have Hawker Centre for lunch, chat about it, and then go watch his team. That sounds like a proper day out, actually. Well, yeah, I mean, the SPL clubs will need to come to terms with the logistical issues surrounding the move, but 
there could be quite a bit around it. But that's exactly what fans want actually when you know when you ask them how do you think the SPL can get more people in, get more people to watch the games or attract more fans. They say you need to have more fringe activities because it can't just be the games alone. You have to do things outside of the game itself. So one of the suggestions was you screen the actual EPL matches after the SPL matches. Another one was at halftime, you have some fringe activities like contests for kids to win prizes. And, you know, linking that with the WTA finals, that's one other good thing that the finals has done well as also because... They've had so many fringe activities, like there's the fan zone outside Kalang Wave Mall, where you can serve as hard as you can, you know, to try and win prizes. And I get tried that, I was rubbish. I'm not surprised. <laughs> so then in that sense, you will back this stadium sharing because it opens up these kind of opportunities for clubs then? Yes, for sure. On that note, that's the final whistle, bringing to a close a game of two halves. If you've enjoyed the show and the banter that Nicole and I have been having today, subscribe to A Game of Two Halves on Apple's podcast app or on Google Podcasts or even on Spotify. Come on, give us a like. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg.